Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25. You know what I've noticed is that some have given up meeting together. Some have developed other habits doing everything else under the sun except following Jesus. Let's read that verse one more time in a different version. It says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, and some versions say our gathering together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I love that this version says, let us hold tightly without wavering. And it says, think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Well, how does that happen? It happens when we meet together. This says, do not neglect meeting or gathering together. I've just noticed a bit of a trend in some believers that I know, some Christians' lives, and it makes me wonder, like, when did it become okay to put Jesus on the back burner? I hear comments like, well, church doesn't work in my schedule. I can still be a Christian and not go to church. Not. You remember when people used to say that? They'd say something, then they'd say, not. Well, not. You need to follow what the Word says. That's what we're doing. We are following Jesus. And his word says, go to church. Do not neglect gathering together. I also hear comments like, I can't make it to a weekend service. That just doesn't work for me. Or I have a birthday party on that day. I have a vacation planned. I'm really tired from a long work week. I have plans with friends. I'm going to the lake. (laughs) I'm working on the house. I have a project. The list goes on and on. For some, Jesus isn't on the back burner. He's not even in the kitchen or the living room. For some, he doesn't even make it past the front porch. You know, he's lucky if he makes it into the doghouse. I know, that's ludicrous to imagine, Jesus in a doghouse. But that seems to be the place that some Christians, even, put Jesus in their lives. And you know what? It's not even your life In the first place, if you're a believer, it says in Galatians 2, verses 20 and 21, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You know what? That's clear. If you claim to be a disciple of Jesus, and by definition, to be a disciple of something or someone, you need to follow them. That's how that works. Sometimes I feel like people expect Jesus to follow them. (laughs) Well, that's just not going to happen. People say, well, it doesn't fit into my schedule. I have this or that. Oh, I just think, you know what? You've got a birthday party. You're celebrating life. 
wow, well, where did life come from in the first place? Oh, yeah, it's Jesus, right? We need to be thankful. Or I hear, oh, I'm getting together with friends. Well, where do good friends come from? Oh, yeah, Jesus. We have to give him credit and the time and the value that he deserves. You know what? Take your friends to church. And, oh, you've got a vacation? Okay, that's awesome. You know, where do we ever stop and think? Like, where does the money for that vacation even come from? Hello, like he is the giver of all good things. And we are blatantly ignoring him and shoving him to a place of complete dishonor in our lives. You know what? Here's what I say. He deserves better. He took the cross for us and we're worried about getting enough vacation or lake time. He is worth what he asks for. Our all, our everything. We lay it all down. We seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to us. That's Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Okay, so it's not add all these things to your life. And then if there's a smidgen of space left, well, we'll see if Jesus fits there. (laughs) Come on. I know this is ridiculous, but this is really how it seems sometimes. This is really a call. It's an exhortation for us as the body of Christ to get our priorities lined up. And it says in that first verse we read, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We never know. So we need to get ready. And I know I understand this might sound like a rant. Some of you listening, you're like, hallelujah, amen. Somebody finally had the guts to say it. Some of you are listening and you're thinking, oh man, that's me. I didn't go to church last week because I went to a birthday party. And when I have a home improvement project, I totally skip church. (laughs) You know, maybe that is you. Well, actions speak louder than words. We all know that. So when you choose to put church participation as a non-priority, you're making a statement. You're saying other things take priority over Jesus in my life. Now, I'm not saying that you never take a weekend off. No, you know, there's rare occasions where you need to miss. We all get that. But the problem is for some, and maybe it's you, It's not a rarity to miss. It's the norm. And I'm here to say that's not okay. Luke 4.16 says, Then Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. Let's look at this verse here for a moment. It says, As was his custom. That means he did this regularly. If you are following Jesus, he would be at church or some sort of fellowship with other believers, where the word is involved, worship, prayer. You know, nobody likes to be called out. Totally get that. Nobody likes that. But American Christians, I'm calling you out. Out of your homes, out of isolation, out of busyness, out of apathy, out of excessive sporting events, parties, vacations, out of excuses, out of excess, and inviting you into a deep relationship with Jesus making him your number one center of it all. Just like that song, Give Me Jesus. That's a classic. It says, you can have all this world, just give me Jesus. We all like to sing that song, but are we really willing to make that our life? You know, the proof is in the pudding. Back burner, no way. Jesus is moving to center stage for us. Amen?
You know, also in that verse, it says he went on the Sabbath. Okay, so I realize there are a lot of differing opinions about when the Sabbath should be or how it should look. And I believe each person needs to read the word and make that decision with the Lord for themselves. Maybe you go to a service on Saturday night or Sunday, or maybe you take your Sabbath on Wednesday, but some aren't even taking any Sabbath. They're working seven days a week, never taking time for church fellowship or rest. That's not healthy, but it's often promoted in our culture. You know what? It's not biblical. You know, I feel like, obviously, you know, sometimes and probably most of the time, people are like, well, I don't want to be told what to do. So if you tell me what to do, I'm going to do the exact opposite. (laughs) And a lot of times that's kids, right? Like that's a typical response. But honestly, it happens with adults. You know what, though? We do need to be told what to do. It's called training, equipping, maturing. That's why you listen to podcasts. That's why you listen to messages. That's why you get help from mentors. That's why we have teachers, education. We do need to do that. We get equipped. We mature until we actually do the right thing on our own. That stuff happens at church, Bible study, prayer meeting, worship time. Then we don't have to be told what to do. We just choose it. When you signed up to follow Jesus, you agreed to follow him everywhere he goes, including church, and you agreed to follow the word. That's it. Whether you agree with the word or not, we follow Jesus even when we don't feel like it, until we do feel like it. That's how things happen. And eventually, we just make the choice. You know, we make that choice to follow him every day. That's maturity in the Lord. In Matthew 16, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Do you want Jesus? Do you want to be his disciple? Or is he on your back burner? Jesus said this right after Peter tried to talk him out of going to the cross. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. Jesus isn't messing around here. He's serious. He's saying, this isn't about you, Peter. Well, really, the cross, it is about all of us. It was about Peter. (laughs) But in this instance, he's saying, Peter, no, you've got it all wrong. He's saying, get over yourself and follow me. This podcast may be a bit of a sobering subject for some. You know, you're just cruising through life, kind of doing whatever. And now I'm saying these things and you might be like, oh, maybe I should be at church. Maybe I should not be neglecting the gathering. You know, it really forces us to evaluate our devotion to Jesus, to face the truth about our own lives and do our lives and the things that we do align with God. You know, especially in this area of fellowshipping with other believers and being a part of a body of Christ, but in all areas, really. You know, if not, if you're not in alignment with what God says about this, make some adjustments, get back on track, find other believers who are actually following Jesus to church or, you know, to some sort of gathering. Maybe it's a Bible study, something like that. Just like it says in Acts 2, we're going to read this passage and it comes after the day of Pentecost, where everyone was baptized in Holy Spirit. And then Peter gave a message explaining what was happening. 
The heading of that passage is the fellowship of believers. You know, the fellowship of believers, that's a good thing for us to experience. We're going to read, again, it's Acts 2, verse 41, and then we're going to read through 47. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And this doesn't talk about worship specifically, but you better believe there was some good worship going on. And then verse 43 says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. We're together. Come on. All the believers were together. We don't want to miss that. We're together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love how it says in verse 46, every day they continued to meet together. Now that's interesting. They were meeting every day with other believers to get strengthened. And we have a hard time meeting once a week. That's pretty crazy. But this passage, this is what things should look like for us as well. This is what really matters. Let's get Jesus off the back burner. He never belonged there in the first place. You know, praise him for being so patient with us. It's his will that no one should perish. But it is our responsibility to get back on track and help others when we can. You know, I want to activate this for a minute. And take a moment and just hear from Holy Spirit on this today. And we're going to do a three-part activation. So just hang in there and let God speak to you. Pay attention to what you might sense, what thought you might have, if he gives you an image in your mind. So we're going to be asking Holy Spirit three questions, and we'll just work our way slowly through them. Go ahead and close your eyes if you like. Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak to me about gathering with other believers? Jesus, is there some way that I have put you on the back burner? And Holy Spirit, what else do you want to say? All right, so if you need to stay there with the Lord, go ahead, maybe push pause. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap up with this. You know, he may have affirmed that you're in a strong group of believers and you're at the right church. Or he may have brought to mind a church or a person that you should connect to and start doing a Bible study or a prayer time with. He may have reminded you of a book of the Bible that you always wanted to read, but you never got to it. And I asked that last question because we always need to leave time for Holy Spirit to speak about whatever he wants. He knows what we need to hear. 
If you're listening and you are hooting and hollering and you're just amening all of this and you agree, then please join me in prayer to call back the brethren, the brothers and sisters who have fallen off the wagon and distanced themselves from Jesus and other believers, other true disciples of Christ. I'm probably preaching to the choir. And like me, you are concerned about the same problem within the body of Christ. But we're not going to talk about the issue and then not have a solution. It's always to invite God in to change things. And with our agreement and with our prayer, things will change. So I'm going to pray this right now. And if you could just join in with me in agreement. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this situation, into these things that we're discussing today. God, your word says that if two of you on earth agree upon a thing and ask for it, it will be done for us by our Father in heaven. So we agree that the brothers and sisters that have fallen to the wayside, those that aren't gathering, we agree that they would be drawn back to you, Lord, and to the body of Christ, that following you wouldn't be a secondary hobby, but instead the central purpose of our lives to be in a deep relationship with you, that your people would repent and turn from other things and devote ourselves to your word, to fellowship, to breaking bread together, to worship, to prayer, to hearing from you and following you wherever you lead us, 100% all in. And God, I bless all those who are listening with a wild passion to go after you, Lord, to abandon all else and to follow you with all of their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen, amen. Hey, thank you for joining me today on Holy Spirit Feed.